John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. This is the High Gain Podcast, John. The High Gain Podcast. What do we talk about? Oh, we talk about guitars, guitars, more guitars, because... Because guitars. Yes. Where are you right now, John? On this, the first day of spring, I am in a basement in West Seattle, Washington. Is it the first day of spring? Yeah, unless that was yesterday. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That sounds good. Yeah. Hi, John. Yes. I'm in lovely Palm Springs, California. It is 73, sun's out, gun's out. Going to hit 90 by next week. It's lovely. A lovely scenic place to lock yourself in a room and do podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what are you looking like for getting a shot? Wednesday. No shit. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to Lumen Field here in Seattle, home of the Seattle Sea Chicken football people. The what field? I guess they renamed it Lumen Field. It used to be CenturyLink Field. It's Lumen Field now? Yeah, I guess so. This is just a peek behind the curtain that John and Ed do not give a shit about the sports balls, like any of them. We don't really sport much. No. Every once in a while, the Super Bowl comes up and I'm like, Carolina Panthers? What? Is that a team? I've never heard of that. What's a panther? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's super exciting. I want to get one of those shots, John. It sounds cool. Beverages. 
Beverages Ed. You could have played that song and then who is that? You know, when you ask me the who is that? Yeah. But he gives it away by calling out his name in the song, which is a crazy baller move. Bo Diddley's going to buy his babe a diamond ring. Hell yeah. And if it doesn't shine, he's going to take it to a private eye. Why, why is he going to do that? He wants to know. If that shit doesn't shine, then what's up? I think I would rather take that to a diamond expert, but sure, a private eye. Are you ready for this? I'm in Palm Springs. Yes. What does that sound like? Does it have big corn in it? Almost certainly. I'll double check, but I'm going to say yes. Is it corn water? Caffeinated corn water. <laughs> this is, John. Yes. A Red Bull, oh. the blue edition, blueberry flavored Red Bull. The blue edition. Your nerves are going to be swolled. <laughs> Why would someone drink a Red Bull? I just don't get it. Podcasting. <laughs> Ask a stupid question, John. Get a thoughtful, considered response. Is that how that goes? <laughs> yeah. We drove down here to Palm Springs. And it's sort of this tradition where at the first gas station, I buy Red Bulls. <laughs> I never drink the fucking things in the car because they're gross. Right. So this thing's been sitting in the fridge for a week and a half. It's been steeping. Mm-hmm. And so how is it? I say they're gross and they're not. They're actually pretty good. It tastes like drinking medicine, that sugary medicine. It's kind of gross, but I like it. You would. What are you drinking? I've got a strawberries and cream protein shake beverage. Standard. Love it. It advises, apparently, to, quote, enjoy a shake in the morning or as a healthy snack. Which are you doing? Uh, I, I guess this qualifies as a morning health snack. I don't know. No, it's 1220, John. It's just a healthy snack. I've got a bubbly sparkling water, cherry flavored. B-U-B-L-Y. Buble. Yeah, Buble. Man, this thing sounds good. This, Ed, is a Gretsch guitar called a Billy Bow guitar. We have that stash of guitars we sort of have access to, largely from our good friends at Thunder Road Guitars. Yes. There was this thing. I thought it was maybe 50-50 that you would like it or hate it. I dig it. I super dig it. It's totally cool. The rough dimensions are like parallelogram. I think you think Bo Diddley and you think that rectangle guitar of his. Yes. This is not that. This is not that. Yeah. Where does this story start, Ed? With Bo Diddley? Yeah. 1928. <laughs> Our man Ellis Otha Bates is born in Macomb, Mississippi. What's he doing right now, John? Uh, well, he's not in Mississippi. Oh. Part of the reason our man grows up to be such a giant in his field is because he left Mississippi early. <laughs> yes. Get out while the getting's good. Yeah. Hell yeah. By the time he's six, this is 1934, he is being raised by his mother's cousin. Oh. No indication as to why that is. Her last name is McDaniel. And they pick up and move to Chicago. Oh, cool. Now Ellis Otha Bates, after dropping the middle name, is Ellis McDaniel. 
six years old in 1934, now lives in Chicago. Man, if you were kind of mapping blues, you know, you could have worse influences as a young person than Mississippi and Chicago. Right. He was part of the Great Migration. The largest centers for that were places like Detroit, New York City, and Chicago. So there was this move northward, people looking for work. Sure. Not to mention looking to get the fuck out of Mississippi. It seems wise. We don't need to rehash our Mississippi vibes, Mississippi feelings. (laughs) So he spends a lot of time in the church. He grows up in the church playing violin. Wow. And to all account is very good at it. So the transition to guitar is natural for him. Okay. And so to make extra money in his teens and early 20s, he's out on the street corners playing music in Chicago. His contemporaries at the time, interesting to note, doing the very same thing, people like John Lee Hooker and Muddy Waters. Yep. Talk about a school of music. Good company. Yes. And like those guys, he too gets noticed and starts landing gigs in clubs, making a few dollars, gets further noticed by Chess Records, and he goes into the studio. By 1955, he's recorded a few songs, and they release Bo Diddley, the one I played in the opening. Smash hit. It goes to number one on the R&B charts and lands him on the Ed Sullivan Show. Wow. At this point, you might be wondering, where does the name Bo Diddley come from? The song was called Bo Diddley before Bo Diddley was called Bo Diddley. No shit. (laughs) Really? Yeah, they recorded the song, and then, of course, the song goes to number one. The label cats were like, we better just call you this. (laughs) That's crazy. Really? Yeah. Wow. But here's the thing. Is it even true? I compiled a little list of possibilities here, and none of these are known or unknown. Nobody has been able to nail down with 100% certainty. Take your pick from the following list, Ed. His friends gave him the name as a kind of friendly insult. Mm -hmm. There are some claims that it was the name of a singer that his adoptive mother knew. Okay. Some people say it was a local comedian's name. Of course, the aforementioned Chess Records giving it to him based on the success of the song. Some say he was given the nickname as a boxer when he was a kid. He was a boxer. There is a writer named Zora Neale Hurston who wrote a story called Black Death. In it is a character called Bo Diddley. Oh, weird. When did that come out? In the 20s? Earlier. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That feels like such a specific reference. Older still, though, there's a homemade single-string instrument that originates in West Africa and came over with slaves, came to be known as a diddley bow. Wow. Yeah. But pre the song, he did not go by the name is a general fact, though. Yes? Yes. That's wild. So he's super duper successful. And the apocryphal tale here is that he jumps around on the stage so much and does all these theatrics that he banged himself in the nards a couple few too many times and decided to design some guitar shapes that would allow for more freedom of movement, I guess. The first one he developed was the square guitar that you're probably familiar with. The Nards. <laughs> I don't feel like we can just let you off the hook with this. 
<laughs> he smashes his balls, and so he builds a square guitar. That's the answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every fact you've told me about Bo Diddley at this point seems crazy. <laughs> so I suppose thinking that he like hit himself in the fucking <laughs> nards, as you call them. <laughs> so he builds a fucking square guitar. Sure. Okay. Yeah. He approached an actual Gretsch employee with his designs. He actually brought three of them. The first one, as I mentioned, was the cigar box. And the other two were named after cars of the time. One was called the Cadillac. The other was called the Thunderbird, or more specifically, the Jupiter Thunderbird. A Jupiter Thunderbird? Jupiter Thunderbird, yeah. Designed by Bo Diddley and made specifically for him by Gretsch in 1959. An episode I want to do, John, is like a 1958-59 episode. Yeah. Where we just talk about what the hell was going on with guitars. Because it's such a watershed couple years in design that kind of caught on, but so much later. I think so, yeah. It's wild. What I'm calling the horns and the points on this thing, in light of the fact that they're named after cars, you can see them looking like fins that you would see on those old cars. For sure. The original that he designed, was there a reverse and a non-reverse? There was not. Today we're playing the Billy Bow, which in this particular example is reversed. Okay. Flip this upside down and then you understand what the shape of the original would have been. Oh, okay. So at the time, there was not this guitar. There was not this shape. There was not a reverse. No. Okay. I kind of hate the non-reverse Firebird. Okay. And so this is a similar aesthetic to that. It looks backwards. It looks pretty cool backwards. Exactly. I think it's super cool. For playability, the bottom horn is out longer. So like you can't actually get as easily to the upper frets, but I don't give a shit because it looks cool. It looks really big and it looks really heavy. It's longer than normal, yet still 24 and three quarter scale. It still fits in a regular case. It is not heavy at all. Okay. In the next few years, our man Bo Diddley, he is so on top of his game, he puts out 11 albums. Wow. He headlines a whole UK tour. He gets a little-known kind of new band. This is 1963 to open up for him, the Rolling Stones. I've heard of them. 1979, Ed? Mm Mm-hmm. He goes on tour again. This time, he's the opener. Who is Bo Diddley opening for in 1979? I want to say Zeppelin. No. The Clash. Huh. What do you think of that? I would have had to have guessed band names for a long time before I would have hit on The Clash. That's cool. Yeah. The Clash just seemed hella cool, so I could just imagine them wanting Bo Diddley with them. I guess with that Bo Diddley beat... It's more about driving or propelling the song forward with the sheer force of the rhythm. So if that's the case, imagine the clash. Yeah, yeah. You know, shit like that. Right. Let's do what we always do, Ed. Yeah. That is to say, I put everything in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The rundown is as follows. There are two TV Jones Powertron pickups in here, similar to Filtertrons. There is a volume for each pickup. Yep. Master tone and a master volume. Yep. In addition to a pickup selector. So putting everything in the middle. Let's see how bridgey we can get. I will roll the treble all the way up and hit that bridge pickup. It's really great because it's bright, but it's not bitey, you know? Yeah. I mean, I really like bitey bridge pickups, but this thing just sounds really nice. Play that bridge again. It's just not harsh. It's not like a telly bridge at all. I like it. Let's see how mellow we get if we go all the way up to the neck. Not bad. There's not a bad setting in there, I don't think. Those pickups are cool. And then back to the middle. nice yep little dirt maybe <laughs> that is a spaceman sputnik with the phantom operator in 1987 ed the year i graduated our man Bo Diddley is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Congrats, Bo. At this point, he's getting up there in age, but he's still playing out. Eventually, though, all things must end. And in 2008, our man Bo leaves the building. Oh, yeah. Born in 28, you said? Yes. 80. That's a good solid run, Bo. Yeah. Shortly before this, though... Yeah. Maybe he had an inkling that the end was nigh. He gave his Jupiter Thunderbird, the one that he designed and was made for him in 1959, to Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Huh, that was nice. Yeah, that original Jupiter Thunderbird was given to Billy Gibbons, who shortly grew hesitant to take it out on the road or play shows with it. That is a vault guitar. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take that out. <laughs> So Billy Gibbons approached Gretsch to see if they wouldn't like to make a reissue, something that remains largely faithful to the original, and Gretsch was into it. That's where the name of this guitar comes from, the Billy Bow, half Billy Gibbons, half Bo Diddley. Oh, okay. Yeah. It seems like I've seen that shape before. Are you saying they made it for bow in 59 and they never did a production run until the 2000s that is what i am saying wow yeah i don't know did other people make them or make things similar like the eastwood dudes did they ever make one i don't know the one that tk smith made yes was a very similar body style right yeah it was based very specifically on the jupiter thunderbird yeah 
are you also saying, <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm asking very specific questions, but like from 1959, there was only one of those guitars? That I'm not sure of. Did he say, like, make me 10 more? Right. And this is coming off that weird year of Gibson making the Moderna and the Explorer that no one fucking bought. Right. So I could see Gretsch just being like, oh shit, if Gibson can't sell weird shapes, what point is there in making a boat Italy specific weird shape? Right. You know what else they made that I think is really great looking? A Jupiter Thunderbird base. Is it sweet? It's a short scale base. It looks great. Oh, it's short scale? Yeah. That's kind of my jam. The way I play bass and what I use it for, like recording and stuff, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm supposed to have a bass that looks that pretty that never <laughs> leaves the house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my utilitarian things that get the job done are maybe what I should just be playing down here. Sure. So the Billy Bow, Jack White played them almost entirely with the dead weather. That shape is so weird, it just gets burned into your head. Maybe I just recognize it from that era. Yeah. Is that a pog? That was the pog too, Ed, yes. That's some kind of recovery effects thing? That is the walrus Lillian. Oh. It's nice, huh? It's lovely, John. That, Ed, is the story of the Billy Bow, specifically, and our man Bo Diddley, more generally. What do you think of that? I think this was one of those super good episodes. You know, there's like intrigue. Was there intrigue? I don't know. How did Bo Diddley get his name? Oh, that was good. Very intriguing. I liked that. There's some personality in this episode. Nice. Where can people go to get more of that personality, Ed? Oh, they could go to www. Yeah. Dot. Yeah. The high gain. Uh huh. All one word. Dot com. Is that like a web thing? That's like the internet. Cool. Or they could go to Facebook or Instagram, Twitter. They could go to patreon.com slash the high gain and get one of our very hot bonus episodes. Yes. Early. Yes. We've been posting them to YouTube a couple weeks after they come out on the Patreon. So if you want super timely, and who doesn't? It's like pancakes. Who doesn't want pancakes? You could put them in the fridge and eat them tomorrow, but is that really the same thing? No, it's gross. Yeah. Our two-week-old episodes are gross, John. (laughs) Way to pump up our YouTube subscriptions. (laughs) You don't want any of that. Hey, leave a review on iTunes. On any of the aforementioned socials, leave a comment or review. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Absolutely we do. Yeah. All right, Ed. You did great, John. You did better. Bye. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.